Do you need? Do you want something put over it or? Whoa! <laughs> Excellent start. <laughs> it's a live one. Well, good morning, everyone. Hello. Morning, Naomi. How are you? Yes, I'm good. Um, how are you? I'm, I'm all right. I've got a very, very uh, deep voice today. Oh, yeah, I've got a bit of a cold. <laughs> I've got a bit of a cold, um, but it's okay. We've got our orange and Prosecco, so we're a bit of vitamin C. <laughs> um, and you've just been on holiday. How was your holiday? Yeah, very nice, very warm. Yes. Very relaxing. Right, well, I hope everyone's well. Um, and welcome to podcast number four. My goodness me. And we're going into spooky season of October. But I have a, I have an interesting little, to kick, kick us off, I have an interesting little Halloween story for you, Naomi. Oh, yeah. Um, it wasn't in, it wasn't at Halloween, but it was over the summer. But I've like been waiting to tell you about it, waiting for spooky season. <laughs> it worked well with the podcast. So I went and saw Romeo and Juliet at the Sadler's Wells Theatre, the Matthew Bourne, the new Matthew Bourne production, which FYI, it was amazing I absolutely loved it I was having a great time right up in the gods because Sadler's Wells is quite expensive for tickets this is ballet it's it's dance yeah it's um like the way Matthew Bourne does it he reimagines classics in a modern way so mm-hmm. the the music was the original Tchaikovsky music mm-hmm. that, that they wrote for Romeo and Juliet so the main the really famous one is the theme tune that we know from The Apprentice Oh, that's yeah, from yeah. Dun, dun, dun. so that's from um Romeo and Juliet and they they did that song so well I absolutely loved it anyway so we were watching the play and it was all uh, all the show and it was all wonderful uh went out of the interval was chatting about how wonderful it was and then we got back in and literally like at the top where we were right up in the gods people started like not squealing but like there was like a bit <laughs> of a ruckus and I was like what's going on and then all of a sudden I see something fly past me it was a bat in the theatre. Um, and I have never... Have you ever experienced a bat in the theatre? No. Because I was like, what? And then it literally made itself at home. It flew on the stage. It flew past all the oh lights. The lights kept like flickering because the bat was there. And all I kept thinking was, if this bat flies into my face, I will scream. Um. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and then it was like going around all the actors and stuff and all the performers. Oh Did they stop the? No, they carried on. They're very professional. Pros, um, yeah. And I think the bat then just went and had a little fly away. But um, then as we were leaving, the bat was outside flying around. And I've actually got, I think I've got footage that I will put for our Instagram yeah. of the God. bat. Like it's very quick. But literally, this bat was flying around as we were leaving. From Maybe the they're used to it there. Maybe they were like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, all the bats are out again. Yeah. But I can imagine, like, theatres are, you know, they're warm, dark places. Yeah. Probably be quite good for bats. Yeah. So there you go. I, I mean, I'm sure they like prefer it to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So I thought that was a, a nice little Ooh. setting us off. <laughs> Spooky season. That was my little bat story that I thought I'd open with. And we've seen two shows together this yes. month. Yeah. Well, it's the very, very end of August, wasn't it? Like, really, really, really end of August. Yeah. Strange yes. Loop. Was Strange cool. Loop, um, which was wonderful. Yeah. I felt very great. special seeing it with you, Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so, so good. Um, such an interesting story. Yeah. Really cool. Like, a clever way of doing it and... As you'd said in your review, yeah. which was on the first podcast, second, second, I second think, podcast, yeah. 
So love that. And actually, the seats we had much, much further away mm. than the first time I've gone. But I still think it felt intimate. I, I agree. Um, and yeah, you still felt it didn't really change. I just saw different things slightly, mm. from a different aspect. But I can imagine if you were on the third row, that would be quite like well, a yeah, lot going very on. Intense. Yeah, because it is quite an it's it's a very intense yeah. ninety minutes or what, how long is it? Yeah, ninety yeah, minutes. That's a really again got a couple of good tips today, but I do feel with the barbican you cannot get a bad seat. Yeah, I think the barbican is really good for that. And very similar. Comfy seats. They are comfy. The only thing that can be confusing is the seat numbers, mm-hmm. like inside the um, armrests, which is hard to see if some if someone is already sitting in a seat that's or true. in the wrong seat. <laughs> And also, you know, we've got to acknowledge the fact that the Barbican is in the middle of the labyrinth that is oh, the Barbican it's... Towers. So I approached from a different angle oh. and I just could not get over to <laughs> over to the actual theatre. There's like like a moat in the way. I, I literally, I, I, it does remind me of that. I can't remember if I've told you this, Amy, but I've told a couple of people. Literally, the Barbican, like if those of you have been to the Barbican, there's like a big housing brutalist estate. Yes. Like it's a really cool bit of architecture and they've obviously you know kept it for that because it's so so iconic but it is literally like the May scene in Labyrinth where <laughs> she comes in and all the stairs are upside down and she can't get out oh my God, it's so because nice. you literally get sucked into this area and you cannot get out yeah. and then you get to the point where yeah you can see it you can see the theatre <laughs> but there's a moat <laughs> I think the way to get there is you actually have to go like up some stairs that seem very wrong mm. uh yeah yeah, but you know, we met up. Yeah, <laughs> just we, we in time. just in time. We found a way. So yeah, that was great. Uh, so yes, that's our little kind of reflections. Um, so now we're going to go on to our reviews, and the first review I'm sure everyone is very very anticipating <laughs> is that we went and saw the Crown Jewels. We did indeed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now Naomi, as always, we you know we know how the two of us work. We're a very very good combination. I come along with no research at all, and Naomi's done all the research. So Naomi, do you want to give us a bit of background? Well, just so it's directed by Sean Foley, written by Simon Nye, who did Memory Haven Badly. Yeah, and then it's got Al Murray, Mel Gidrock, Carrie Hope Fletcher, Ada McArdle, Neil Morrissey, Joe Thomas, Tanvi Verma, and Adonis Sadiq. And they are like the main, mm. and then there are a few other people in it as yeah. like footmen, but these are the main people that we'll probably address. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had not high expectations. Well, I mean, the reviews have not been great. No, <laughs> um, we did read the reviews because I love, I love doing that, and then I like, you know, making our own opinions on it afterwards. Where do we start? We should probably say, so we went with our mm. other halves and our friend, Jack and Chris. Yeah. Hi, Jack and Chris. <laughs> so there was, a you know, six of us, big yep. group. But I'd say we probably all came out with similar views. Yeah. Some of us later than others. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So the story, maybe we, let's start there. Sorry, <laughs> this is quite hard to do because it's just like where to start with this play. Let's start there. Yes. The story is a true story. Yeah, it's a true story. And many of the reviews, oh, this is a this is a thing that really annoyed me. Let's start with this. Okay. You can probably see where this mimosas are going. Basically, on the outside of the theatre, there's all these, like, clips from reviews, which, which a lot of theatres do where they were, like, mesmerising from the stage and blah, blah, blah. And outside, there was fantastic, the stage. 
And I, we were outside, probably the interval, I think, or I don't know, before we went in. And I saw it and I was like, I am sure that the stage only gave it one star. Yeah. Anyway, and then on the way home, I researched that. I actually did some research, Naomi. And um, it literally said a fantastic premise for the, for the play. And yet, men behaving badly writer Simon Nye managed to turn this eccentric moment of British history into a baffling limp history lesson <laughs> disguised as a comedy. And then like hysterical from the spectator, but literally the hysterical bit was coming from, includes a hysterical actress who loves showing off and advising <laughs> absurdly melodramatic scenes for no reason. So like yeah. they've taken the sound bites. It, I, I'm like, oh my God, that's so misleading. I mean, they've done that on Perth. Of course they have. You know, like, of course they have. They know they're- Rubbish. Rubbish, yeah, they know <laughs> rubbish. Okay, should we start with Carrie? Carrie Hope Fletcher, who was in it. Yes who sang some... She sang about three songs. Three songs. She sang them very, yeah, very I'd well. say those songs are really well suited to her voice, mm. up to the point where it seems like they were written for her. I think they were. I literally and think they, they were. And they all end with a big belt that she's great at. Yep. But we were not sure why they were there. We really don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> there was the first... I thought the first yeah, one was I was going to say, the first one... It's like a funny song and she's being lady of the bedchamber and she's got a chamber pot, sing the song. And then at one point she like throws, throws it, it forward and like water comes out and everyone laughs. And I thought, huh, I agreed. Like, <laughs> if this is what it's going to be like, that's fine. It kind of felt quite pantoey from the get-go, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. But then it didn't like, <laughs> that was as funny as it got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was like Al Murray doing his stand-up. I literally do feel like at some point we were just at an Al Murray stand-up yes, show. He does kind of character comedy really, really well, I feel. Yeah. Like him being Charles the Second? Third? Oh, God. Charles the Second. Charles II. Him being Charles the Second, I know, we'll, we'll work out. Um, was, you know, it worked. It worked yeah. and he was funny. But the jokes were so, like, 1990s, weren't they, yeah. as well? If you'd even call them jokes. Oh, God. And everyone, the acting was just all over the place. Yeah, so we would probably say that we, Mel is the one. Oh, Mel Bedrog was amazing. The, and there's this guy, the um, Adonis. Oh, he, yes, he was very was, good. He was probably also the best one. The, the other best one in it. Yeah. like, And he's not even got the big part, really. But, but. he stole he stole the show quite a lot. Like, yeah. he was really, really good. They just, I mean, I think there was one review saying something like, the actors who'd be enjoying themselves, even if the audience weren't. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel that was, that was true. Yes. Um, it didn't really know what it was doing. Lee at one point went, this looks like a school production. <laughs> it's just, it's almost like got too many big names in it. Mm. And they all sort of play two parts. Mm. But like, you know, the Neil Morrissey character, like sort of, dis, you know, the character he plays first sort of disappears. He gets a lot. The Tanvi Vermar oh, yeah. actress lady, she kind of is forgotten about second half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then she has to play a jailer. I, I thought like her role was rubbish. Yeah, like, I've seen not... her in I've seen her in something else as well. Yeah, and so I saw her her in Two Billion Beats at the Orange Tree Theatre, and she was really really good. Yeah, I feel like it was the right the writing was so right. bad. And actually, I was thinking in terms of like female characters, yeah. they're all badly written. Yeah. And actually, it wouldn't really pass the Bechdel test. No, it wouldn't. Where two named character female characters talk to each other about something that isn't about a man. Yes. So that doesn't like there's a mother daughter and they do talk to each other, but about her getting married. Yeah. Like there isn't 
otherwise the females don't talk to each other no no and thank god Mel Goodrush was in it because I literally she was the saving grace of that show yeah yeah and we were around some very drunk people which is always fun yes this put me in a bad mood because the woman in front of us was so drunk yeah she was laughing hysterically which fine if you think it's funny whatever (laughs) and then she got uh, she got her phone out at one point yeah her friends were not drunk and they all like made up the phone away but it was so weird Mm. yeah so she was being really just not very distracting (laughs) and just people were finding it hilarious but I don't think it was funny and also my other thing that I have gone with that other people don't necessarily agree is that I think those the moments in it where they are breaking character and like oh laughing I don't believe them I think that is all part of the act oh 100% and I'm not I'm not having it (laughs) (laughs) and there's no way that those actors were still finding it funny. Yeah. If they'd ever found it funny. No. There's no way they would still be finding it funny at and this point. Do you know what? Unless they're going, this this show is so rubbish. Yeah, let's just Yeah, let's just make each other laugh. I mean, I reckon there's a bet backstage that they had to put something into the show. I've heard that before where like people have to do like a word. Oh and stuff like to that. Make it fun yeah, them. yeah. So maybe it's that. Maybe they were like, we've just got to put a word in. Because it was like Mel and Al were having way too many moments of breaking character. Yeah, it, like, you're better than that. There's no way that was real. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've seen other plays. I think there's a bit in Hamilton that is a similar thing. A moment where people break, ah. but it is all scripted. Scripted. It's yeah. A scripted break. yeah. And that's what I think. This whole, I personally think this whole play, <laughs> none of that was genuine. But people love it. They love it. It's like a blooper. Yeah, yeah. And they did. And I felt like it was very much, you know, it was written by the guy who wrote Men Behaving Badly and it was aimed at that audience of that era. I yeah. feel like. Yeah. I just, I was just like, oh God. I did love, the one bit I did love was the chase scene where they got the map out. That was very funny. <laughs> With puppets. Yes. With puppets. I agree. That was the best bit. Yeah, that was just <laughs> at the beginning. Like that was just right at the end of that one. And that was the moment where I was like, Maybe it could be like one and a half mimosas at that point. I know, but I was thinking, so there's this chase and they have like a standoff and then it's the interval. But then the second half, like... That's nothing. But like... It's so boring. Standoff. Oh, God. The guy oh, yeah. with the gun get beaten by like... Yeah, because suddenly, a guy with suddenly a... they were in like... They were in prison or something. Yeah. No idea. No idea. Um, I felt like... So, yeah, at the interval, Naomi was very angry. I just felt like I hated it. Absolutely hated it. Whereas our friend Jack and Chris, they were they were a bit like, it's fun, it's great, you know. Yes, yeah. You know, they were they were still enjoying it. And then by the they were enjoying it. No, they were like, oh, it is what it is. Like yes. they were just like, we know, you know, we knew what we were coming to long to. Yes. And, and then by the end, everyone was just a bit speechless. And I was getting angry because I was like, it was meant to be two hours. Oh, yeah. And, like, it, was and it wasn't really long. And I literally think that's because Al Murray ad-lib for an extra 20 minutes that he shouldn't have done. And oh my god, the second half just oh my god, it was. And, oh, oh, can we just do a little like non shout out to Joe Thomas because I was like, <laughs> why is he there? Oh god, so Joe Thomas is from like the Inbetweeners. He literally was there as a. He plays the same character. Yeah, he, he was like there as a name, and that was it. He had an Irish accent that kind of came in about a third of the way into the show, and then the second half, literally the fight. They had like this big dance at the end, and Carrie came out as like. Vodacea or yeah. someone, God knows what she came out as. And 
literally drove Thomas looked so bored. Yeah, I don't know what was going on. I don't like, know. They did like this big old group sing along, and he literally had. I think like I, was like, I need to get on the train. Counting the steps or something in his. Oh, head maybe. It, like, they've done it for a while now. Come on. Come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. <laughs> but yeah, he was really bad. And that whole like, oh, she's pregnant. Oh, really? Oh, great. Yeah, and, like, oh. And actually, because also, particularly the first, like, a lot of their dialogue was almost a bit garbled. Mm. So we didn't really fully understand who everyone was. No, not at all. It was so rushed at the beginning. Yeah. And Neil Morrissey just shouts around a bit. Yeah, and then the other guy, the other main Irish guy. Aidan McArdle. Yeah. Like he, again, he was talking so fast. I couldn't hear what he was saying. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just, I relaxed a bit more when it was just, um, when it was like Carrie and Mel and um, Al. Yeah. When it was like the family. I agree, yeah. When brown it was, jewels. Yeah, it, when kind it, of, it kind of steadied itself again. But at the beginning, I was like, what? Yeah, when it's that hell is going men on? And that one woman. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit like, oh, was... no, I'm worried that they won't. I'm worried they're going to forget their lives or something. Like, yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> we weren't happy. <laughs> so, Naomi, <laughs> let's talk about how many mimosas would you give the crown jewels? I'll give them, I will give them one. Okay. But that's Carrie and Mel gave... and Adonis doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah, you, you, did, you gave one to We Will Rock You. So I feel like that's a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Did I hate it more than we were? <laughs> I don't know. I, it made me more angry and uncomfortable than we were actually, <laughs> oddly enough. Oh my God, okay. Harper? Particularly the first half, but I don't know if it's partly because of that woman annoying me <laughs> being drunk. The audience, yeah, the maybe audience. that. Just, just that one, I think the rest of the audience was we're fine. Yeah. Fine. I will agree with one mimosa. I feel like because there were moments, I felt like it didn't know what it was. And I've done yeah. that a couple of times where I've seen shows where I'm like, what are you? Are you a pantomime? Are you a are you a straight play? Are you a comedy? Like, what are you? And I know there are comedies that have songs in it, like One Man, Two Governors has that and those kind of things. But I just felt like... But like just to have one person come and sing yeah. a song every now and then. It was weird. It just seemed odd. Yeah. And she didn't need to sing the song. She's a good actor in her yeah. name, right? I just felt like, yeah. And when I did look, and the the understudies were also play the play the footman during it. So yeah. Some of those footmen were were with, oh, with fine. like moustaches on. And there's like one understudy that covers the two young women. So she covers the singing and the role acting. and the other yeah. role. Uh, but one of the characters is called Singing Footman. <laughs> so I think that they have to because they do it sing at the end, don't they? But I wasn't sure. I reckon a lot of the main characters aren't singing because they can't sing. Yeah. And so they just need, they've got a little yeah. boost. I think yeah. this is a very, very good example of where theatre puts big names into shows, thinking that I'll pull in an audience. And actually, there are so many better people out there. Yeah. And that they might secretly be, be in the background with a big wig on, but also but doing the... Yeah, the heavy lifting. The heavy lifting. Literally. <laughs> okay, so, I mean... Yeah, one mimosa for Crown Jewels. We both agreed on it. Yeah. But we both thought it was pretty, pretty bad. And yeah, don't. I think one of my top tips for today is don't trust the reviews on uh, the posters outside theatres, <laughs> yeah. especially if they don't put the stars on there. Yeah. Like that is going to be, yeah, just do your research. Do your own research. Do your Which own. is always a good, actually, bit of advice, really. Yeah, absolutely. Good. 
well done us we went <laughs> we went and uh yeah it was it was but it's fun. still on tour i think but not for much longer no it's touring around the uk okay cool well now for something very different um for me is that i went and finally saw the full run of, of the, the whole show of the casual right so i'm sure everyone knows that the first time i went it got rained off in the interval and what's interesting is that this is the first show i've ever been to ever i think where the audience gave a standing ovation twice Ooh. so the way the casual foils foils i always call it casual foe and it's not it's the casual foils um i'll say i'll just call it Kaj. um Kaj is it's such a, it's such a lovely story um it's you know it's set in a a club in in France um I think it was originally a play I think or maybe it wasn't um yeah it might be a play and then it was a French film it was a film and then it was the American film Bird wasn't Cage. it Birdcage yeah and then this this this, this is like the original is of the a musical of that French original yes the French original because they use like the French names and stuff and everything so it's set in a nightclub that is renowned for entertainment guests with men dressing as women and um lots of drag and everything and it was just oh my gosh the dancing oh my gosh oh. the dancing it was so so good but also like just everything about this production was just stunning it's at the Regent Park Theatre which is also a stunning venue in England mm-hmm. I think it's one of my favorite theatres in London I've said this before but yeah. I'll, I'll say it again anyway the song that is at the end of act one is I am what I am which obviously everyone knows um it's been on like Virgin Airways adverts and you know it's kind of an anthem isn't it for the LGBTQ plus community as well and I, so I knew the song. I absolutely knew the song, but I didn't know the context. Mm-hmm. And I saw it twice. I managed oh, to cool. see the actor sing it twice. <laughs> both times, I was bawling my eyes out. And both times, I just got up and was like <laughs> clapping <laughs> and cheering. And literally, so the second time I went, because I knew it was coming, I was like, oh, I'm not going to cry this time. It's going to be fine. No. I literally was sobbing this time. Because you knew it was coming. I don't really. know. I don't know, but it just... Oh my goodness, like just that performance and the, the um oh just it was just incredible. And yeah, so literally was like very emotional at the interval and then carried on to watch the rest of it and just loved it. Absolutely loved it. Didn't rain then. It didn't rain. It was actually a gorgeous night. Oh, and this leads me to a very good top tip for Naomi because <laughs> we saw it on an afternoon, it was very, very sunny. And the first time we'd gone, we were over more in the lower numbered seats so we were if you're looking at this if you're looking at the stage we were on like the right hand side of the seats and it was right in the sun in the glare if you want to go to regent's park and not be in the sun's glare you need to be in the seats that are higher up right so more towards gangway three and four because if you sit there you're going to be literally in the afternoon especially if you're doing a matinee you will always be in the shade and literally when we went this time, you could see people across from us. Because it was quite a hot day as well. It was in oh, September, but it's still quite warm. And um, you could see people like fanning themselves and stuff. And we were absolutely fun. <laughs> so I would say a big top tip is go towards, we were in like R70, something like that. So that that end was very good. So that's my top tip. That's a good tip as well, because 
normally if you're picking a theatre seat you don't have to think about where the sun no you don't exactly (laughs) this is very specific I feel like I need to do that for the globe as well I need to go to the globe and do the same thing I will I will find the best the best sheltered spots for outdoor theatre because it does make a big difference like when I went when I went the first time and it it was raining but it still it was like the clouds and it was sunny and rainy and then sunny and when it was sunny you were getting absolutely baked yeah um so and it does make it feel more uncomfortable whereas yeah it was a good seat the second time I went so you go so I would give that five mimosas because it was fab you less the tap was brilliant um just yeah just fantastic very funny Lovely story. Yeah, just loved it. Loved it. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Should we talk about that? Brilliant. Um, okay. Right. Just topping up our glasses there. Um, so, yeah, five stars, uh, five mimosas for the casual fulls. Um, I think it's finished now. Yeah. Because do they, Regent's Park, they don't show things there during the winter. No, though. they don't. They don't. It's seasonal. But they, they always do really good stuff. I've, I've, had a re- I've always had a really, really good time at the Regent's Park Theatre. We and saw um, Lord of the Flies there together. We did. It was so good. A whole plane crash on stage. Yeah. I was wondering who I'd seen it with. Yeah. It was there four of us went. Yeah. So good. Um, I saw Evita there. Loved that. Mm-hmm. Juice Christ Superstar. Loved that. Um, yeah. Really good. Really good stuff that comes out of Regent's Park, I always feel. And it's really varied as well. There's a really nice variety. Isn't that, isn't that where they did the remake of Legally Blonde? Yes. That would have been good. I saw that. Oh, you did? Oh. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I went to see that. Um, it had Lauren Drew in it, who was from Heather's that yeah. we saw. And then... She's been in six. She's well. been in six. I saw her in six, actually. Slightly stalking oh. her as well. <laughs> um, but that was down in, uh, like, down in Kent when I took my parents to go and see six. And she was arrogant and she was amazing. Yeah. But she played Brooke Wyndham oh, in Legally Blonde. And oh, my lordy. I mean, that, that woman is fit my goodness they skip right they skip and dance and sing but she was like insane like it was just incredible I think she won an award for it or a what's on stage maybe she won a what's on stage actually for like best supporting actress or she definitely got nominated because I remember thinking she needs because she was so so good um but yeah so there you go right uh next review Naomi okay this is just a short one and it's not uh, I haven't really thought it through What's it? But on holiday, I read the first novel written by Michael Balls. So we're doing book reviews as well. <laughs> I've not seen any theatre, so I had to like come I up love with that. that. I love that idea. Okay, fine. Um, it's Michael Balls. So we'll it's Michael Ball, and it's called The Empire. Ooh. Set, it's, it's about a theatre, and it's about in the 50s, up mm. north, and it's just about the characters that are there, and, you know, there's some, like, you know, shenanigans. Shenanigans. It's hard. I believe it's a serial. Like he's going to do more. Th- he's already written the second one, I think. Oh, blimey! Um, and it's a perfectly fine debut novel. It's got too many characters in it, <laughs> and it's like Game of Thrones in terms of the characters. And I've oh also, god, I so I did enjoy it, and I read it very quickly. How many? How big was it? Three hundred eighty-one pages. Oh, it's big. Let me just. I just really want to read this one extra. <laughs> Just to show, like, how you can t- almost tell it's, like, written by a non-professional. Oh, no. Oh, no. Sunny shorts. Two sentences. Go on, <laughs> It was Tuesday morning and Lillian's second day as a producer. Grace and Jack had persuaded Miss Fortescue to let them in to tell Lillian about Grace's thoughts about a role for Evie and found Evie there, too. Looking at Evie's face, though, 
Grace felt everything was now balanced on a knife edge, however warm Lillian's reaction. Now that is too many names in <laughs> two sentences. And so I just, and I, I read it lots of times. I read it out loud to my boyfriend. I took a photo of it because I just couldn't. There was Evie, Lillian, two other Grace, people. Miss Fortescue. Oh. I, I didn't even know about the character of Miss Fortescue, really. Um, it's not relevant. <laughs> and it was a lot like that. Lots and lots of characters, but quite a short book. But it was perfectly nice. And I, you know, I had a nice time. Oh, my God. Go. That's my review. <laughs> Maybe like three mimosas. Three mimosas. Okay, well, well done, Michael Ball. Nothing away, Michael. <laughs> Got to do something when, you know, when the roles aren't there at the minute. Um, what's he doing at the minute? Do we know? He's probably doing another album with Alfie oh, Bowie. He's going on tour. Oh, is he? Yes. Oh. Solo tour. But yeah. he does like, he still does radio too. And Oh, yeah, of course. I can't believe Michael Ball's written a book. That's just the first. Oh, but he is bringing out like an autobiography or a memoir. Oh, I, see, I prefer to read that. Same, same. I'm looking yeah, forward to because like... I love I love reading autobiographies and finding out all the stuff, especially for theatre theatre people. It's interesting to yeah. hear like all their roles. He's had like, quite an interesting life. Actually. He was like at the peak of the Andrew Lloyd Webber in yeah. the eighties. It's got to be fun there. And, and he, but he's there, Brightman. At one point, quite early on in his career, suffered really, really bad stage fright. Oh, which one of his characters in the book does as well. Okay. Um, so that you know, like debilitating. Oh. Uh, but he got over it, so that'd be interesting. Okay, so three mimosas, three mimosas yeah. for Michael Ball's debut fictional novel fictional. Yes. about a lot of people in the theatre. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, the, at the beginning, it has almost like a cast list. Three pages of character names. Holy I don't know if there's a lot of people involved in the theatre, but I don't know if that means you need to write about every single one of no, them. No, you don't, especially because it's a book, like, no, yeah. no. Oh. oh, dear. Michael, less characters, please. Less characters. <laughs> um, great. Well, I, my final one today is not a book. Um, it's actually, <laughs> this is the fourth time I've seen this show, mainly because I do take a lot of, I, I take school groups to see it as well, which is Witness for the prosecution, which is at the County Hall in Waterloo. And it is a kind of immersive-ish production because it is in the old County Hall. And it is a trial of a character called Leonard Vole. And it's an Agatha Christie. And it's it's very, very, very charming and very, very fun. So I've gone a couple of times where I've sat up in the gallery, which is the top bit. Um, you're kind of in the gods almost there. And then I've also sat in the uh, seats actually down in the main uh, court. But you can also pay, and they're very expensive, to be on the jury. Oh. <laughs> but I think the tickets are they're over £100. You've never done the jury? No, no. I, I don't agree with paying that much money. No. I mean, the seats, even the seats down in the court were like, I think between 70 and 80 quid. They are expensive. Just if you get a ticket for the jury, are you involved in the play? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically they have to swear in, they have to like read the thing and then they give their verdict at the end oh. of whether Leonard Bolt is guilty or not guilty. So that's very, very interesting. Mm. And I, without giving anything away, because yeah. it's a show that is on, it's still on, it's been on for a long, long time. I think it's five years it's been on now. Oh. Um, in all four shows that I've gone to see, it's only been the same verdict. 
so it'd be oh, interesting right, yeah. I, I like every time I'm like oh will it be the other one like never is never is oh, so it'd be interesting go. I do actually want to ask someone who like maybe someone who works there maybe I'll email them and be like do you ever get the, the other burner <laughs> um but so things I really like about it um the set changes now we all know I love a transition <laughs> I love a transition and what's great about it is that they turn the main courtroom so it's obviously it's the main courtroom that is it and they pull things up from the floor to mm. create bits of set but they also create the chambers for one of the main solicitors as well and that is where you know all the actors come on they bring on everything but the way they do it is really just really cool and clever and it's very well choreographed and and everything um I really like the sound because mm-hmm. we know I'm a big fan <laughs> of sound um, and what's lovely, and it's interesting actually, because when I saw it recently, I saw it in like March with my parents, and we were down in the main sort of seats. So I just spent out a bit more on my yeah, mum and dad. And you have your own little like speakers that has it because they have a lot of like background music talking in the court and stuff that you think, oh, are we all talking, and it's like, no, 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 it's the sound effects. And apparently, I did find this little video afterwards that they've underneath all the old heating pipes, they've changed into sound they they use it to cable up all the sound for the show but interestingly I did find when I was sitting down in the in the posture seats that I couldn't hear sometimes so the sound was a bit off but when I went and saw it last week up in the gallery it was clean as a whistle it was great so you could hear everything and like the judge is sitting there the judge is very funny um and he's like having a chat and he's doing it all big and then he'll like talk to his little clerk next to him and you can hear everything the little tiny whispers which I don't think I could hear before when I was down in the posh seats oh so that's interesting um so I would say the gallery if you if you want to go and it to be a little bit cheaper the gallery seats are great they are really good but it is quite cool being like in the court in itself amongst it. in amongst it one thing I would say and I had this with quite a few of these shows that have been running for a long, long time is, I don't know, oh, how am I going to say this? I think if you've never seen it before, you'll really, really like it. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it a few more times now. I am getting a little bit bored with it. <laughs> it's quite dry, you know, like it's a very traditional Agatha Christie, which I'm a big fan of. I love a bit of Agatha Christie, but I don't know where I'm going with this. Maybe I... Maybe I just cut all of this. Maybe we'll cut all of this. <laughs> Is it I'll... just maybe a bit tired? Maybe a bit tired, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I don't, like, I don't love it. I can't put my finger on it. I just think it. seeing something like that multiple times is not necessary. But I feel like even the first time I went, oh. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> love, love it. I remember thinking, oh, this would be really good to take the kids to. Yeah. <laughs> And it's been really good to take my parents to, because it's an experience. I think that's the thing. Oh, yeah, it's, and I guess maybe it's... it's uh style over substance I think it could be a little bit of that and like I think if you you know there's lots of twists and turns which are very you know Agatha Christie Mm -hmm. and I think if you've never seen them before then you'll get drawn into that world but I feel like even the first time I saw it I remember thinking oh this is clever and I like it but I think if anyone said to me like what's the one thing that I should go and see in the theatre if it was someone who doesn't really go to theatre, then I'd probably be like, yeah, go to this because it's oh, yeah. quite a good experience. But if it's someone that I know who loves theatre, I probably wouldn't recommend this. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that weird? No. I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm sure people will disagree with me. Like, my parents loved it, and but my parents are big theatre people too. So, But there's one thing that did happen this last time oh, yeah. and goes back to the whole phones thing. 
So I was up in the gallery and I could see this woman after the interval, like faffing around with the phone. Ugh. Anyway, an actor, because there's like actors who play like the clerks and the police officers and stuff around the court as well. So the first time a police officer, like an officer came down and just kind of spoke to her very casually and just said like, please put your oh, phone away. Oh. Anyway, and then she didn't. Oh. She kept faffing about with the phone. Ended up that like a manager, front of house manager came over to her. I could see it all. So I was like really enjoying the drama and properly had a go at her and was like, what? And, like I could see him using like, yeah. you have to put your phone away. You cannot distract it. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I don't know what the situation was with her having her phone, but seriously, I'm like, just leave. If yeah. it's that important. Yeah. yeah. I was like, don't, if you get asked, told once. And she was right in the, in the area with, and she was trying to be all sneaky. You could just see it. You really can't bad. get away with it. No, you can't. I was really, I was really happy. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm so glad. Oh, and did you see recently? I was going to send this to you. Um, it was Greece, wasn't it, where four people got escorted out by police? Oh yes, because they were uh, being they were being too loud and boisterous, and the, the whole audience was shouting out to get oh, them out. Oh my god, that was so stressful though. Oh. I didn't want to be at something oh. like that, but I think when it gets to that point where audiences. You know, we we have a big we have deep conversations about audiences. <laughs> We're not always big fan of audiences, no. but I feel like you know when you've got that bad, it's like don't be that. Just yeah, like don't go, go. somewhere else and mm. go to the pub if that's what yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to give Witness mm-hmm. of the Prosecution four mimosas oh, because it's very good show. It is a very good show. It's been on for you know a long time. The actors are great. They're very very good. Um, there's an the the act actor who plays Remain Vol, who is the wife of the guy on mm-hmm. trial. It's very, very good. I think the other thing is it's very male heavy, which is maybe another mm-hmm. thing why I'm like, nah. like there's like yeah. three women in it. And then a is, zillion men. Yeah, going back to like the Crown Jewels having like yeah. that, and that is part of like you kind of notice it. Ooh. Or like certainly we notice it. Yeah, I think so. And I think I find, I don't know, I, I, a lot of the time I find shows that have got amazing women in it so exciting to watch yeah and like, i don't find it as exciting to watch men <laughs> go and see six oh, and yeah. it's all women at no point do i think where are the men yeah <laughs> but <laughs> I always think, where are the women that is true <laughs> that is true with kaja falls like all the actors in the kaja there was a real mix of you know different genders and and everything but the women in it were so defined and really mm. big characters because i guess there's like the mother, right? You no, know, the mother never comes back in. Oh. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, I'm thinking of the birdcage. Which is yeah, so there's there. like the friend who's amazing and she's like the, she runs like a club that's next door or a cafe that's next door. Oh, yeah. Um, she's amazing. The daughter who is, or the, the woman who Going the son's marrying yeah. is very, very good. The mother of the daughter is very good. So there's some really, but it didn't feel as, I feel like with gen- gender with that show as well, it's all yeah. kind of quite fluid anyway with it. Whereas this one is much more like traditional 50s. It's set in the 50s. Yeah. Because, yeah, Strangely only has one cis female oh, yes. actor in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't, but with that, you don't you feel like it, no. anything anyone's missing. I, no. Because, because it's different. It's fluid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not straight 50s. Maybe it's man. that. Maybe, maybe that's why I'm not giving it five. I don't know. It's weird. There's something for me that's just stopping me giving it, giving it five. But I think that's a good thing. Because, yeah, exactly. Not but it is still a very, very good show to go and see. It's really, I think the 
it kind of links to our big theatre question today, which I think is is good. The venue really lends itself to the show. Yeah. I, I feel like if we just saw that show on stage in a normal theatre, it would be quite boring. Yeah, you so, wouldn't have gone four times. No, I would not have gone four times. I would not take the kids either because they would not have liked to watch that. So that rounds up our reviews. I hope that was useful for everyone. Um, Lovely little mix there, I think. Little mix and a bit of a book review <laughs> as well. <laughs> Only the only one really that's still around at the minute is Witness of the Prosecution. Mm. So that's yeah, go and see that if you want to see it. Right. Are you ready for the big theatre question, Naomi? I'm ready. Okay, so this kind of I got thinking about this linking to the whole spooky season and how I find that some theatres that you go into, they have a real like atmosphere. And mm-hmm. I, I love, I love walking into a theatre and you just either get taken back in time, like because some of the theatres are so like 80s 70s aren't they and then others are like really modern and every I feel like every theatre has a different feel um something like the other palace it just feels really nice and fresh and I love the downstairs cabaret space yeah we've seen stuff there before haven't we We have yeah we saw they were like workshops yeah like little workshop um musicals weren't they yeah I've also down there seen a workshop musical about um guys that did a a, (laughs) opened a shop that sold cereal <laughs> but like as meals oh wow cereal killer cafe or something anyway <laughs> that i that i don't know if that ever became a proper musical no it's funny that yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so then i got thinking and then when i went to see witness of the prosecution the theater really lends itself to the show so my question is what role does the theater itself play in complementing a show do you want a little bit more context um, go on then. Yeah. I'll give you a little bit more context. So there's certain shows that I've seen in the last couple of years that I feel where they've either adapted the theatre space to make it really complementing the show or it's already been like it, so it helps. So mm-hmm. Cabaret. Yes, or oh, we saw that together. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Kit Kat Club. I would say, really good little tip as well, Cabaret. We haven't talked about Cabaret at all. Oh, my God. Really? Because the, the cast change has got, like, she is and uh, self-esteem in it. Oh, my goodness me. That is going to be exciting. I, I know someone that's probably going to see that. Someday. Oh, nice. And the same place, actually, the jungle was there as well. Um, yes. It transferred there from the Young Vic uh, a, a long while ago. And both of those shows in that theatre, whether it's because that theatre is quite adaptable, mm. You as soon as you go in, you are thrown into the world. Well, because with cabaret, they changed it so you enter through what was the stage door. Mm. You go down. It's very cool to enter the. It's so cabaret. Cool. If you go to keep, see cabaret, go to the the at least half an hour before, yeah. so you can properly see. They've the got a show. Uh, prologue company. So yes, I saw it's called a prologue company, which was new to us. We didn't know that's what you called. No, them. no. And they like crazy. play instruments and they're like acting like they're. In you're the at, cabaret. In the cabaret. Yeah. Like performers. It's great. So you've got those where they, they properly changed the theatre. So that's kind of slightly different in terms of like they've adapted it, but it, it complements it. Yeah. But then something like Woman in Black at the mm-hmm. Fortune Theatre, obviously now it's Operation Mincemeat. <laughs> I always used to feel as soon as you walked into that space, it was a spooky theatre. So having that spooky show. And that was That's quite an old theatre. It's a really old theatre and it's quite small. Yeah, and it just feels very complemented that show. Whereas when you go in now for Operation Mincemeat, it has a really different feel, and it doesn't really, you know, I don't think it really complements that show at yeah. all. So, what do you think about the theatre building itself and shows that you've seen? Um, oh my. <laughs> yes, Have I haven't seen as many like 
immersive shows like Cabaret. Uh, but I know you love that kind of. I do. Um, love, I love an immersive. And if I, I've been to what some of your productions you've directed, <laughs> yeah. and you you love a prologue company. <laughs> I do. <laughs> People walking around in character. <laughs> I do love a prologue company. Um, yeah, I do. But they actually make me feel a bit tense sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of the act going in, what it made me think of, and it's not quite the same as when I saw Oklahoma uh-huh. one, and you go in and. It's like one, they, the stage has no set really. It's just all like wood panel. Mm. They've moved, like, I guess they've removed some of the front seats. So the stage is slightly forward. The, the orchestra is right there. Mm. Um, but also the performers are right there. And during the entire production, well, no, not the entire, most of the production, they keep the house lights up really, really bright. Ooh. And then there's like suddenly, I didn't know that. yeah completely on you can see everything oh wow but then they do this song poor dad is dead and they plunge it into darkness you cannot see anything oh. it's amazing you can't for a minute you think is there someone in front, in front of, me? of me oh my god and there isn't and it's very very clever oh. and they do that a couple of times it's not so much that the theater is like was changed around much mm. for it but that's more to do with like yeah how they dealt with the lighting mm. and because when the lights are up, they are bright. Like mm. they seem to have made them brighter. Oh wow, cool! Because I suppose, um, like what we just said about um, Lord of the Flies, that was suited so well, I feel, to Regent's Park. Yeah, because it was massive outside. Yeah, like you're trapped. In you there. could kind of be trapped in an island. Yeah, um, I think I, I think I also saw Jungle Book there once, like a long, long time ago. And again, the space really suits the theatre itself. Oh, well, so Crown Jewels is a really good example where the, the theatre itself is quite grand. So yeah. it worked well with the Crown Jewels. Yeah, with the era. Yeah. Course. So they didn't change it, but it just had that sense. Whereas something like, you know, when I saw Shirley Valentine at the same theatre? No, it wasn't. That was at the Duke of York. I feel like the Duke of York is one of those ones that's a, quite a generic theatre because so many shows go mm. go there. I did think of, um, you know, when we saw Fun Home, and mm. this is again to do with the staging, mm. about uh, most of the production, it sort of happens in quite a small space. Yeah. And then quite near the end, they open up <sighs> to like, um, they open up the back. Yes. And it's a whole like grand living room mm. that goes really far back. And people like gasp. Yeah. Had no idea that's what was going on. Oh. And they don't even use it for very long. No. It was very clever. I love the Young Vic. Like, I think it's one of my favourite indoor venues. Well, yeah. And actually, because the Young Vic, because I've been to things with you before where the stage was almost was in the ramp. Mm. But then when we saw Fun Home, it wasn't the yeah, ramp, no. was it? So they do, they move that one around a lot. And we saw, um, so Lee and I saw Hamlet there, which was the one with Michael Sheen. Oh, yeah. And we went in the back so kind of a bit like cabaret you go in a different entrance and then as you walk through it was like a psychiatric ward that you went through (laughs) and then you got into the theater and it just felt I remember at the time thinking oh my god this theater is massive and I don't know whether it was but it just felt really really big I think it's quite tall as well and because I do remember him being like really high up at some points and but yeah and it's a really good it's a really really versatile theater yeah um which is very exciting but also it's a really nice theater to have dinner in I've recommended many a time to people when people have said oh where shall I eat around Waterloo I'm like go to the Young Vic because it's a really good another little top tip guys top tip. really nice it's nice though, really nice food and just a really nice atmosphere yeah and again it's that 
I suppose the difference, like the young Vic versus the old Vic. The old Vic's very sort of standard. It's very standard and very much like your tradition. It's beautiful theatre, don't get me wrong. But it's quite a, that one I feel doesn't have much. They can't move that one around. Yeah, yeah. And also just, just, I feel like when you go in, you're just in a a generic beautiful theatre. You know, I was thinking also when we saw Cinderella Mm -hmm. um, at Gillian Lynn, that has that bit where they... the stool oh it's moved that was amazing which is a really good not that we sat in the stool well i know no i never did uh probably a waste of money for that production yeah it's expensive expensive um but it was quite interesting as a different thing to do like everyone in the stool all moves around i didn't even know that could have been a thing like oh wow that was amazing cool so i feel like that question is kind of it gone to like a bigger question of just how theatres adapt for productions yeah. and things. And I think that's great. But what it sounds like is like the newer theatres can do it better. Can't I agree. Yeah, I think you're right. So long may that continue. Yeah. Let's keep keep pushing the boundaries, guys. Come on. <laughs> keep it insane. Before we leave, Naomi. Yeah. So we've talked about that we're going to go and take probably our boys to see Fantasy Opera at some point, aren't we? Oh, yeah. They don't. I'm not sure if I've, we've warned them that. No. Did you see about a week ago on Twitter about fan for the opera no so i follow the understudy you know the understudy um west end understudy. yeah. understudies really interesting nice little uh oh yeah twitter I follow, to follow i follow them on instagram and, and instagram because they they basically let everybody know when understudies are on the first cover gets going on and the second one and all this kind of thing anyway last week i think it was oh uh so 18th of september so maybe like two weeks ago there was this whole thing where all of a sudden there was like so many in the space of like 15 minutes oh, I know where like I Christine got covered, the Phantom got covered, but then it was like third cover. It was like, so So basically I'm going to just read these little tweets that came up on and then someone, because someone had commented and then someone was like, what's going on at Phantom? So, so basically what happened was, I think this one was first, which was, uh, well done to Michael Colborn, who made his debut as a Phantom mid-show tonight, hashtag second cover. But then, well done to third cover, uh, Connor Ewing, who briefly played the Phantom while Michael was getting ready. Oh, my God. And then, well done to Eve Shannon wilson who took over the role of Christine for Act Two tonight. So everyone was like, what is going on with Phantom? So Christine got changed in the, in the second act. Phantom, the third cover Phantom went on while the second Phantom was getting ready. Um, and there was all this thing. So I was like, oh God, like what was going on? So I did a bit of research oh, yeah. um, on it, but then I didn't bother. I just did it on the day. And then I was like, oh, that's, oh. All they said, one guy said, Phantom in London has been halted due to an accident on stage. Oh, like- it, was, it was right at the beginning of the rooftop scene. We heard a crash and someone yelling in pain. And what they think, um, it said something went terribly wrong and the Phantom got injured and yelled out in pain. The safety cur- curtain came down for ages. One understudy came on and then both the main cast were replaced in the interval. So I don't know if there's anything else. Is there anything that you no, found? Uh, uh, what, the thing I'm thinking of is actually to do Hamilton. Oh. It's on the same account. So this is at Hamilton and this was in September. Yeah. Jordan Frazier, our new standby, who was getting ready mid-show to take over as Angelica Schuyler, got told she now had to go on as Eliza Hamilton instead. Oh, my God. Then Hannah Qureshi, who was already playing Peggy Peggy Schuyler and Mariah Reynolds, 
switched to play Angelica. Oh my uh, gosh. So she said, go back. Lindsay Turney switched from performing her ensemble track to play Peggy and Mariah, so third cover. And Kerry Norville swung on mid-show to perform Lindsay's ensemble track. But I don't know what happened, what was going on there, but oh, that was all mid-show. Oh my gosh. That was two shows as well. Both, both. Yeah, crazy. Have you ever seen where a cover's come on halfway through? Never. I think in Evita, I'm sure that the woman who played Evita, she was coughing throughout the first oh, half. Wow, stressful. I know. <laughs> and then kept trying, like she kept drinking water. They clearly, clearly she was struggling and they were putting water around the stage for her. And then I think the understudy came on in the interval. So she clearly was going, like, I'm going to try and yeah. do it. And then was like, I can't. But yeah, mid show. I mean, that must be insane like that's where... why those swings have to hang around like, yeah go, yeah you don't know who's gonna fall off a bit of set yeah. when we used to do some amadram some set fell on me once did it and, and it, it like <laughs> oh you'd left it was like that year you'd gone to uni but me oh and right yeah, yeah. A bit. it was like a panto we were doing at primary school and like the backdrop like the backing board fell on me <laughs> and i just like no one saw and no one was there to help so I just like push it off myself oh my gosh that's hilarious do you hurt? Do you want hurt? No, I wasn't. I was fine. The, the whole thing was really difficult because we were doing it for like the infants and none of, they nothing. weren't, it was awful. And we were kids, you know, we were like 17. And Trying to. was just uh, a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. Did, did, your, did your third cover come on for you? <laughs> oh, only. <laughs> Naomi, as always, it has been this cheers because you can't you can't cheers. ever hear it. But it. we obviously don't encourage drinking, but you know, we very much enjoy our mimosas on this lovely morning. Um, and we hope you all have a lovely week and a lovely month. And we will see you for our see November. Yeah. yeah, November podcast. All right, take care. Oh, follow us on all of our usual channels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.